I'm Karen Lewis, and welcome to Recovery Bites, a show that gets real about recovery, where we welcome voices in the field and voices of experience. Join me for candid interviews with experts in eating disorder and mental health recovery. Listeners can look forward to new perspectives, meaningful conversations, diverse connection, and compelling personal narratives that make a powerful difference in how we live. Episodes focus on life beyond recovery, the good and the not so good, the successes and the challenges, and the authentic accounts of recovered lives. Not their whole story, just bites. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to a different episode of Recovery Bites. We have been getting a lot of people sending us questions, questions that are so important to answer that we have decided we are going to shift the way we do our show, and I'm going to be answering questions. This is a new thing that we want to incorporate into the show because we think it's so much fun to have everybody involved. We haven't figured out exactly the schedule of it yet, but we will get to that. But when I get excited about a project, I want to to do it right away. So you're going to be part of this process of us figuring out how this show gets released, how each episode of these quote-unquote bites gets released. I also want to say it's okay for people to see the work in progress. We don't always have to present with the final project. We decided that this would be the best time to do it because as somebody who celebrates the Jewish holidays, it is now currently the Jewish New Year. So we are starting something new and also Because we have gotten questions, really important questions about how to celebrate the Jewish holidays, especially Yom Kippur, where we are supposed to be fasting for 25 hours as part of our religious ritual. What do you do when somebody is struggling with an eating disorder in early recovery from an eating disorder or even farther along in their recovery and do not want to be triggered? This is our first one. We're really excited. And I'm just going to, as always, jump right in. So what happens when you are celebrating a religious holiday, a holiday that's very important to you? And as we know, religion is filled with rituals. Now, I am somebody who is Jewish. I am very, very connected with my heritage, my religion. And by the way, everyone, this whole conversation is all coming from my own perspective. This is not making any definitive comments about Judaism or any other religion. So I myself am very connected to my religion. I'm very connected to the ritual, the family, the holidays, the parts that bring us all together. That's what religion is to me. When I was in my eating disorder, my parents did not know what to do when it came to Yom Kippur, because as I said, you were supposed to fast for 25 hours. 
I was at home trying to do the recovery process and had gained just a little bit of ground on the process. Really moved the needle very slowly, but still in a positive direction. And my parents thought, oh no, we cannot ask her to fast for a day. My parents did not know what to do. So they reached out to our rabbi and they had a meeting with the rabbi and they said, here is the situation. Our daughter is home from college. She's struggling with an eating disorder. And we actually feel fasting would be more detrimental to her than if she did other rituals to make it through, navigate through the holiday. The rabbi said to my parents, nothing comes above physical health. Nothing. Because without physical health, we are not here on this earth to then live through our religious beliefs or traditional beliefs. Again, I'm very much into the tradition of my, my religion. I will be honest with you. I have been recovered for over 25 years. I still, to this day, do not fast on Yom Kippur. It is a conscious decision that I have made, not because I'm afraid of getting triggered, but for me, after hours and hours of fasting, my body feels as awful and as dark as it did for all the years that I was in my eating disorder. And having those visceral feelings back are very, very upsetting for me, very difficult for me to navigate through, and it is just not in my best interest. So I have not fasted since I was in my eating disorder. I encourage people that are struggling with an eating disorder during certain religious rituals to ask yourself, first of all, what is the cost of doing this ritual? Again, there is no religious ritual from my belief system. So please, everybody hear me. I'm talking from my own belief that should come above our physical health. As a result of wanting to celebrate the holidays, I chose other rituals to do because by the way, there are other rituals one can do for Yom Kippur than just fasting. So here are some examples. There is actually a meditation before Yom Kippur for people who cannot fast. And this blesses caregivers, health providers, and eating because it's the best health choice for you. That's what's important. There are rituals that are rooted in intention for those who need to eat on Yom Kippur. It makes each time you eat a more meaningful ritual. So as you're eating, make that a meaningful ritual. There's other things you can refrain from. Traditionally, Yom Kippur is not just about restricting our food. During Yom Kippur, if you're going to follow the religious traditions, you are not supposed to shower. You are not supposed to use lotion. You're not supposed to use perfume. You're not supposed to have sex. You're not supposed to wear leather shoes. So there's many other things that people can do to honor the religious aspect of the holidays. 
I think it's very, very important also for food to be prepared ahead of time for those those of you that are going to eat during the holidays, because it's overwhelming as it is. It's overwhelming. You're trying to recover from an eating disorder. You're now in an environment where nobody else is eating for the day and you have to prepare your own food, whether it's from you know, if you're struggling with anorexia or bulimia or binge eating disorder, everything should be prepared out for that day because I feel that there's going to be a lot of energy coming from within about everybody else fasting for the day. And I also want to say that others that are not struggling with an eating disorder have all the right to fast and do the ritual. Fasting is not a negative thing if it's for a day for religious purposes and your body and mind are healthy enough to tolerate it. If not, then you are not supposed to do it. Ultimately, these high holidays are about preparing you to be your best self in the upcoming year. And actually, that starts with making the best choices for your body and your mind and doing the best to love yourself as you are at the beginning of the year. And so by actually doing something like continuing with nourishment, continuing with a meal plan, that is going to prevent those who struggle with binging and purging and binge eating disorder from engaging in behaviors at night or later on during the day that is going to help people with anorexia who have who are starting on a meal plan to stay consistent so if you look at what the religious holidays are about we have to understand what the intention of every ritual is and is it going to make us our best self for the new year i want to be very clear when i say this as i just said earlier this is my belief system. I do not want to impose any religious beliefs on anybody, any religious judgment, any shame, anything about rituals. This is a personal choice. Like, as I said, I have personally chosen to not fast on Yom Kippur, although I do other things that will allow me to honor the holiday. I remember how angry I used to get at my parents and my brothers and saying, it's not fair. Why do you get to fast on the holiday? And I don't. Granted, as I say this now as a recovered person, I completely understand. I couldn't when I was in my eating disorder. Everything felt like a personal attack to me. They're doing this and I can't, and this isn't fair to me. And the reality is, is it Others have the right to fast because they are not abusing or manipulating food and their body on a daily basis. People that do not have an eating disorder actually do not enjoy a full day of fasting. They usually are not looking forward to it. I thought I could use it as an excuse. I really thought I could say to my parents, oh, but it's the high holidays. It's that's non-negotiable. It is because, again, the intention around it was for me to be in my eating disorder and actually be able to do it publicly and not have to hide it. If 
you are not struggling. It is your right to be able to do whatever religious rituals feel right for you. Part of my eating disorder recovery was trial and error, which, by the way, in and of that in and of itself can be a little, a little risky. I tried as years went on and I was moving through the recovery process. I tried to fast during the holidays. And again, my body had such a visceral reaction, feelings that I don't ever want to experience again, the way I felt when I was in the depth of my eating disorder. And by the way, even if you don't get those visceral feelings, that doesn't mean that fasting is what is going to be in your best interest. Again, everything is trial and error. When you've moved far enough along to take these chances. So nothing that I did, I didn't learn any of this overnight. And I also didn't learn it early in my recovery. For me, it was kind of non-negotiable at the beginning of my recovery. I could not fast on the holidays. As I moved through, it became an option that I had to decide. And I made a recovery-focused decision or recovery-forward decision after attempting it and saying, this does not work for me. This does not mean that I am not as involved in my religion or anything. All it said was, I need to take care of myself and then I can still value other parts of the religion. I can still be part of other parts of the ritual. So Again, these things don't happen overnight. And I didn't start trying to honor the holidays until I was far enough along in the recovery process that it wouldn't trigger me. But I'm so in touch with my body now that I started feeling those feelings again, body aches, coldness, exhaustion, and I get to choose what I want in life. And I'm still a good person. It doesn't define how I am about my religion or how I am in the world. I get to make a conscious choice and say, I don't ever want to feel that way again. And there's other ways for me to honor traditions. And so that's what I did. I think this is a really fun new project that we're working on. And I was so excited to see that so many people have questions that they want answered on this episode, on this podcast, excuse me. I highly encourage anyone who is listening, who has a question to reach out, ask the questions. The intention behind the podcast is so nobody feels alone. Nobody feels silenced. Nobody feels shamed. Nobody feels judged. So you can ask these questions you you can leave your name if you want to. Obviously, they're, they're mostly anonymous. This is a judgment-free zone. And your question will also probably help a lot of other people because typically when we're struggling with an eating disorder, we think we're the only ones in the world who have this thought and nobody else think, thinks this and I'm embarrassed to share it with anyone. I guarantee you, I got this question about Yom Kippur I guarantee you there's a lot of people out there that are either struggling or the parents or the loved ones do not know how to navigate through the holidays. 
there is not a question that people are not going to say, yeah, that I've been thinking about that. I had that same question too. I didn't think anyone else thought that way. This is the beauty of creating community and creating a healthy dialogue as opposed to an eating disorder dialogue, a diet obsessed culture dialogue, a competitive dialogue. Part of recovery is coming together, using your voice, asking questions, navigating through uncomfortable feelings and being vulnerable. So I hope you all enjoyed. This is our bite for the week. That's what we're going to be doing from now on every other week. It's going to be a bite. It's going to be for me. This is really exciting. Um, it's actually going to be from you because you're the one sending the questions. And like I said, reach out. We want to hear what questions you have. And hopefully we will be able to get to each and every one of them and answer them as soon as we can. If you want to send us a question, and we really hope you do, check out the show notes. It tells you exactly how to do that. All right, everyone. That does it for another episode of Recovery Bites. I look forward to speaking with each and every one of you next week. Take care and stay safe. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Recovery Bites. Be sure to visit recoverybitespodcast.com to join the conversation, access show notes, listen to past episodes, and more. You can also find us by searching for Recovery Bites on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and major podcast streaming players. For weekly episode releases, you can follow us at at Recovery Bites Pod on Instagram. If you're interested in becoming a guest on the show or to submit a guest request, please visit KarenLewisEDC.com forward slash podcast sign up to begin the process. I'd also like to send out a heartfelt thank you to my producer, Jen Galvin. It is unbelievable the magic she does behind the scenes. All right, everyone. See you next week for another Recovery Bite. Thanks for listening.